We are back, America. It has been two long weeks. I don't know how you survived. It was a great break for me. July is the greatest month on the calendar. Obviously, it's because I was born in that month, my wife was born in that month, and literally half my family was born in July. It's a fantastic month filled with celebrations and fireworks. I apologize for the delay. I know this world is just going nuts right now. Tons of news coming out of San Diego Comic-Con. News coming out of the movie world. Marvel is bringing the content. And the political world is ablaze with controversy right now. So I'm excited to, to get all these topics in. And I have given you plenty of time to binge watch Stranger Things Season 3. You've had ample time. Okay, I binge watched that thing in three days. So you've had plenty of time here. It came out on July 4th. So we're doing the spoiler review. That is happening on this episode. This podcast is literally overflowing with content. So let's do this. actually going to start the show today on a somber note. We lost an icon while I was out for two weeks. An absolute icon in the movie industry. Ladies and gentlemen, James Bond 007 has officially passed away and we need to pour out our martini, shaken not stirred of course, onto the ground due to his passing. What is going on? J just what? I feel like I have been saying this on this podcast for multiple episodes now. How how just Hollywood is just spitting in the face of men constantly. And now one of the greatest male icons we have in cinema has been replaced with a woman. It's just shocking. And and as I said, James Bond is dead. He is dead. I'm not going to go watch this movie. Why would I? So I can see him hand off the mantle of 007 to a woman? I don't think so. It's ridiculous. It's baffling, the decision. I, I really don't get it. And yes, I'm aware of the plot. I get it. Here, If you don't know the plot, here's the basic plot they've released thus far. James Bond is retired again. He, I think he was retired the past two movies. He's retired. They had to hand off his 007 title to someone else. And they, of course, had to give it to a woman. That makes sense, logically, right? The, the most fearsome killer... In England is a woman. That's what we're saying about the Brits. They have their best fighter is a woman, apparently. She has to then go and get James Bond out of retirement because he's the only one who can defeat this villain. Is the basic premise they've released thus far. There are so many holes with that plot already. Again, it's probably not the finalized plot, but that's what's going to happen. And then in the movie, what's going to happen is at the end he's going to say something like, You've always been the best here's the mantle, take it, here's my gun, whatever. You're the, the best killer of all time. And I guarantee you, he's probably going to bow to this woman as well. That's what will happen in this movie, guaranteed. So many holes with this. Number one, just realistically, James Bond, it, it's rooted, all these movies are rooted in reality. And what I mean by that is that there's no crazy supernatural or fantastical elements, right? Yes, there are gadgets, that are somewhat ridiculous sometimes, like the invisible car, those type of things. But they're they're pretty much grounded in reality. Okay, there's no there's no superheroes, there's no enhanced people. 
You had Jaws with the metal mouth. That's, that's about the, the extent of it. You had the dude with the diamond face and Tomorrow Never Dies. Um, but, but that's about the extent of these people that are enhanced that you get. To say in this world, this real world, that the best killer is a 90-pound female is absurd. Absolutely absurd. Last movie, we had Dave Batista. You can see him next to people. He's a giant of a man. Enormous. He could barely fit into that train car in that scene, Inspector. What is a 90-pound female going to do against that man? Please tell me. There, there's nothing. Physically, nothing she could do. She could kick him as hard as she could in his head, and he wouldn't move. It would break her foot. But yes, you're telling me in England that's the, the best fighter is her. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The deadliest person is this 90-pound female. It's a joke. It is a joke that they're doing this. Again, this world is not an enhanced world. There aren't superpowers. She can't be enhanced in any way. There's only Krav Maga and cool guns, and that ain't helping the 90-pound female against Dave Batista. They yet again missed an amazing opportunity to bring in someone cool. You could have had Idris Elba being Bond. Everybody wanted him as Bond. Why would you not make him James Bond? I don't get that. There, there was a ton of people that you could have chosen that would have been better fits for the character, but instead, they had to assassinate him. And yes, I again, I understand 007 is the title. I get it. James Bond is the character. 007 is the title. But it's nonsense. James Bond and 007 are synonyms for each other. They go together. This idea that they're going to carry on this franchise with a new person is ridiculous. And a female on top of that is even more ridiculous. I'm just angry. This was shocking to me to hear this. And again, RIP to James Bond. RIP. You deserved better than to be assassinated by your own people. RIP, sir. San Diego Comic-Con has just wrapped up. Just to let you in on a secret... My dream is to go there one day in full cosplay. So I, I really want to go to this one one day. I, I heard it's expensive. You know, there, it's very difficult to get tickets and hotels. But I really want to go to this one day. Side note. Anyways, the, the major news coming through this. Uh, first, I'll go with the highlights. Okay, here's what is, is kind of news that I'm not going to break down. But just fun stuff to hear. First of all, Fantastic Four is coming back. Marvel's making a Fantastic Four movie. It had been speculated, but I'm excited to know it's official. Uh, Doctor Strange 2, uh, The Realm of Madness or something like that is what it's going to be called. Also exciting. I like the first Doctor Strange. It was it was solid, but I'm excited for the sequel to see what they can do with this character. The Eternals movie was announced with Angelina Jolie. So that's an exciting movie that will be coming out. Black Panther 2 was announced. Captain Marvel 2 and, and Guardians of the Galaxy 3 are all in the works. So that's big news from Marvel there. Blade was announced that it was going to be rebooted. Wesley Snipes will not be the star. Instead, it's Mahershala Ali. Oscar winner. I think he's two-time. Two-time Oscar winner. Mahershala Ali is going to be playing Blade. Now, at first, I was like, oh, that's... First of all, he's an excellent actor. Okay, fantastic. Probably one of the best actors Marvel's ever had. And I loved him. And Luke Cage. He was the best part of Luke Cage season one, by far. They made a mistake killing him off. Especially since we were left with Mariah Stokes as the villain. Absolutely absurd. Same with whatever, Diamondback was the other guy that we had left. 
just a joke that show that decision to 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 kill off his character in Luke Cage. So he can play a villain really well. But when I sit and think about it, I just I don't know if he can play Blade. That'll be a question mark. I was a little perplexed by that because he's a little older, number one. So he's not intimidating physically. And that's going to be a little strange to play a comic book character who is intimidating physically. So I'll have to see if he's going to put on like 30 pounds of muscle or something. So that's a little weird that they did. I mean, obviously they're choosing him for his acting, but a little strange and how he's going to portray Blade, given that he's not an action hero type. So that was a little strange, but I'm excited because I love the first Blade movie. I thought the first Blade movie was fantastic. It actually started the comic book genre of movies. So really good movie, the first Blade. The second one was actually pretty good too. It does not hold up today. The CGI is really bad in it, but at the time it was really cool. I remember that vampire where he, his like bottom jaw opened up, kind of like the Predator, and he would eat people's faces off. Really cool scene. And then they had this final battle. But when you watch it now, it's like two CGI lumps of clay just just duking it out in the sky. Pretty terrible. Overall, I enjoyed those two movies. The third one was a train wreck and an abomination. Ryan Reynolds couldn't save it, and it was just horrible. Just absolutely horrible. So, we'll see what's going to happen with this reboot. Obviously, Marvel's in charge of it, so they do a great job with a lot of these movies. But I'm intrigued to see how Ali plays this character. Now, perhaps the biggest news that came out of Comic-Con was the announcement of Thor 4 Love and Thunder. Arguably the most exciting news of all time is that we're going to get Natalie Portman back into the MCU. And she's not just back, folks. She's now going to be female Thor. I'll pause for the celebration. Yeah, you heard that right, folks. You're not daydreaming. This isn't something, this isn't a wish that came true. Will Smith didn't pop out of a genie bottle here and grant your greatest wish of all time, which is that Natalie Portman would be female Thor. No, no, no. This is reality, folks. Not a dream. Reality. Natalie Portman is back, and she is female Thor, and I cannot tell you how excited that makes me. My goodness. Obviously, I'm being sarcastic because this is some of the worst news in movie history. Uh, Yeah, I'll, I'll be that dramatic. I'll say that. Some of the worst news in movie history. What is Marvel doing? Up until this point, I really trusted them. The, the cap ending in in-game, spoiler alert, was a little... It was good, but it, it was a little too vague for me. I needed some more closure. And so I was still trusting them, though. And then with this announcement, I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I was like, this is just horrible news. Let me explain why it's horrible. Number one, Natalie Portman has the charisma of a brick wall. What, what do I mean by that? She just doesn't have a presence about her. She's a fantastic actress. Don't get me wrong. But she's not commanding presence. When she comes on the screen, she doesn't pop. It's not like you're like, oh my gosh, that's a movie star there. None of that happens when Natalie Portman's on the screen. She's not intimidating. She, she doesn't speak of power it's just bizarre this choice that's the number one thing that that it just doesn't make any sense why you would choose her number two nobody was asking for natalie portman back in the mcu who was begging for that we all assumed that she was out we all assumed she wasn't coming back because you wrote her off you we had already assumed she wasn't coming back 
And then you made this announcement that she's coming back and want us to be happy about it. Why do I care that she's back? I don't care. Number three, you have a character in Tessa Thompson's Valkyrie where if you wanted someone to pick up the Thor mantle and be female Thor, which is in the comic books, then you have her be female Thor. She's already ruling the new Asgard. So why wouldn't you just make her the new female Thor? It makes no sense. So instead what they're doing is they're introducing another female character into the universe here to be female Thor, while Tessa Thompson's character, apparently, based on what people have said about the script, is still going to be ruler of Asgard. So she's the queen. And then the latest news is that she's actually the first LGBTQ plus person. That's that's huge news for the Marvel Universe. They have to pack all this stuff into Thor 4, Love and Thunder. And it just doesn't make any sense to me. When you have a character in Valkyrie who is set up, is developed, and is a strong female character who actually has a presence on screen, you are drawn to her when you're watching the movies. And you could have her be female Thor, but instead you have to introduce Natalie Portman again, which doesn't make any sense. Number four. At this point, uh, let me be clear here. Shout out to Robert Miller here, host of the Black Married Fly podcast, friend of the show. This is his point, okay? He, he commented this on Facebook, and I love this point. It's just the idea of Natalie Portman is not physically what you envision a comic book superhero looking like. She's, again, a 90-pound female, and she is five foot nothing. She might be four or something. Five foot nothing, 90-pound female, and you're telling me she's going to be a strong female superhero. It's ridiculous. Again, it doesn't fit with what is in the comics. Now, again, I'm not saying everybody has to be the same size as they are in the comics. I'm not saying that. I'm just going with the idea of, again, she's not going to be physically imposing to anyone. Will she have enhanced powers? I'm sure she will. So she can technically get around it with that. However, if she's making a speech or something, she's not going to warrant any fear or have any type of command of a room. Just imagine her giving that rousing speech. It's going to be a lot like Amber Heard in Aquaman when she gives her final speech and it's laughable. Because you're like, who are you, tiny woman, leading all of these giant fish people? That's what Natalie Portman's going to be like, except it's going to be literal gods that she's leading. Makes no sense on any level that you would pick Natalie Portman to be female Thor. Hollywood, again, they continue to drive home their political feminazi message. Okay, because here's what's happening. They're trying to get rid of all the male characters and introduce these female characters. That's what's happening to poor Thor here. Really think about it. Break it down what's happened in the last couple movies. Spoiler alert for Avengers Endgame. You have them getting rid of Tony Stark and Captain America. You have Bruce Banner being basically replaced with the Hulk. So you've just eliminated three of the most masculine characters we have, and the only one that we had left was Thor. And so now in this movie, what's happening? Thor is being basically replaced. And you can even argue it started in Endgame, right? They made him fat, they made him uh, lazy. The masculine Thor that we know is being mocked. Thor has become one of the most likable characters in the MCU, and now they're just going to hand wave him away in this movie. He's already had the character arc. If you want to go into depression, fine, go into it. But don't replace him with Natalie Portman. 
Again, that's why I think they don't have Valkyrie playing female Thor. You have to add more women to kind of drown out the male presence in the movie. So keep adding women until you're left with, with no men at all. That's what's happening in this movie. It's ridiculous. And I, I'm just going to keep coming back to this idea of we thought Natalie Portman was gone. She was out. One thing we were not asking for at the end of Endgame, spoiler alert, was to gender swap the lead character, Thor. We were not asking for that after Endgame. We want more new and exciting things, but not a gender swap of the main character. We were not asking for that. Okay, Marvel? I I probably... I'll have to see the... Tri- but I, I frankly, I'm just done with Marvel right now. With a lot of these things that they're doing. Because it is very clear to me that it's this anti-male message. Now again, I understand. Female Thor was in the comics. Yes, I get that. She was there. But you have to understand, there are other stronger female characters that you could choose from that were, let's say, created by females that you could focus on rather than, I'm going to use the term, stealing one of the major characters and just making them a woman. That kind of bothers me about this whole thing where it's like, people are creative. Okay, God gave us the ability to create things, to be very creative. And what I'm not understanding is why They have to take males and just make them females, and that seems like their solution to comic book heroes. It's like, no, no, why don't don't you take a woman's creation and and really amplify that? Because she's equally as creative as her male counterpart. But instead what happens is all these superheroes just have female versions of them, and then they want us to get excited about that. Like, oh, look, we have equality here. Here's women. Here's a woman Spider-Man. Here's a woman Superman. Here's a woman Batman. Here's a woman Thor. They just keep throwing these things out here as if we're supposed to be impressed by that. And and frankly, if I were looking at this from the standpoint of creativity, that's not creative at all. You're just literally changing it from man to woman, the, the main character that was already created and flushed out as a male. So I might understand why they're not going to amplify more women and their creations and so it's just all phony stuff. And that's what Hollywood does. They they make these phony stances to make it seem like they're actually doing things and they actually care. But they don't care because it's all phony. It's a fake idea that they actually care about equality between men and women. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm just, I'm not happy with this. From a, a, a script standpoint, it didn't make sense. And they're just shoehorning this political agenda in here. And I'm done with it. All right, that's enough movie news. It's it's all angering. There was nothing great coming out of Comic-Con, and Marvel just completely let me down. Onward and upward here, let's talk about Stranger Things. Season 3 came out. came out July 4th weekend. I probably had it watched by July 7th, probably. I had all the episodes. There aren't that many. There's only 8 episodes. So a little disappointing. Again, I wish it was like 12 episodes. I feel like that's a good length. But we get 8 episodes. I was watching it, and the whole time I'm going, man, there's just nothing memorable about this. I don't feel like anything's sticking out to me, and it just kept feeling like it was the same as last year, like season two. It felt the same, and then something happened that was absolutely glorious. Spoiler alert for this season. You haven't watched it. Stop listening right here. Fast forward. I think everybody can agree the most amazing, memorable thing from this season is the never-ending story montage. When that happened, 
I, number one, was like, this is absolutely glorious. Whoever came up with this idea, brilliant. Okay, because it comes at a point when you're not expecting it, and it is so memorable and funny, and it just nails what would happen if you had actual 12-year-olds trying to save the world. Just amazing, the whole sequence. I love the just looking at the characters, their, intera- their, their reaction to Dustin singing this song is priceless. The people on the radio, the adults hearing this, and you can almost see it in their face. We're just thinking like the fate of the world is resting in these two children's hands and they're singing this ridiculous love song from the never-ending story. Just phenomenal. That alone should win an award, that scene. It is so good. And like I said, it was missing that moment. The season was missing a memorable thing, and it gave it to us with that. I don't think it was enough to save the overall season. Again, I just looked at it and I go, there's just nothing new that really happened. The monster was cool looking. The CGI was fantastic on that thing. But it just wasn't new. It was kind of the same as season two. The characters were kind of in the same place. You know, Hopper was obviously the best character, spoiler alert. And then, of course, they had to kill him off, allegedly. It just didn't seem like anything new. Take Eleven, for example. Eleven didn't grow in any way, shape, or form. She stayed in the same place. None of the characters grew. Maybe you could argue that Nancy grew a little bit. Nancy Drew, I love that nickname that they gave her when she was working at the paper. Maybe she grew. Jonathan certainly didn't grow. None of the main characters grew. Poor Steve. King Steve, man. He can't catch a break. He's easily become one of our favorite characters collectively. And here he's striking out on love left and right. And then Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman's daughter ends up being a lesbian. And so you thought they were going to get together the whole time. I guess that's a good twist. But poor Steve. Can't he catch a break? Seriously. But again, nobody grew. Who grew in this show? Obviously, Finn Wolfhard grew. Uh, he, he, he grew a ton. He went through puberty, it looks like. Uh, it was funny because if you watch the show... You can see where he has to like hunch over to make himself look smaller because he's just growing like a weed. Uh, Pretty interesting. Like I said, just nobody actually grew from a character standpoint. And I was a little disappointed in that. It's still a great show. Don't get me wrong. It's like a solid B. To me, it, it just needs to keep giving us more intriguing stuff. And we really didn't get anything. It needs to keep pushing the envelope and it's not doing that. Now, let's talk about some of the specifics of the show. What are they doing with Will? Can I ask that question? Talk about a character that didn't grow at all. What is the point of Will? He literally just felt the back of his neck. That's all he did in this entire series. He had no important lines of dialogue. He had the worst fight cry I've ever seen where he's destroying his his little castle that he built in the woods. It was just kind of dumb. It's just baffling what they're doing with his character. He was like the main character in season one. And now he's relegated to just alerting us. He's like the spidey sense of when the monster's around. Really dumb. Hopper again was a star and they killed him off. So he came across really well in this in this series. I loved his interactions with Eleven where he's playing this protective dad. And the letter at the end was really emotional, really cool. Um, and I just thought his character was great throughout the thing. The I, I'll tell you, the most intriguing people were... That matchup of of Hopper, Joyce, uh, the Russian, Alexei or Smirnoff, whatever you want to call him, and then Murray, the crazy conspiracy guy. That was an awesome pairing of people. Their plotline was great. I loved what they were doing there. 
They had the Terminator guy chasing them. Shout out to the 80s there. Uh, so that plot line was great, the whole thing. Um, R.I.P. Alexi. You know, he was a great addition. Love Slurpees. R.I.P., man. The actual addition of the Russians was awesome as well. I did like that. Bringing in the 80s, the Cold War, making the Russians the enemy as they always are. So that part was really cool. Obviously, they're listening into all of our conversations right now. If you downloaded the Face app, apparently they have all your information as well. Congratulations on that. So Russians are always the enemy, and it's good that they're finally pointing that out in this show. Carrie Elways, you know, fun cameo there as the mayor. Shout out to the 80s with Princess Bride. So, he, you know, his, he wasn't like a, a great actor during this, but it's just fun to see him in this. I'm intrigued to see what they're going to do with, with uh, Eleven's powers. Obviously, at the end, she kind of loses them. And I think we're led to believe it's because of the bite, but it doesn't make sense because she actually took out the, the creature from her leg after she was bitten. So it doesn't make sense that that would be it. So it seems like it's more mental, the problem. So I'm interested to see what they do. I personally, though, I hate that plot line. I hate it with a passion when they take away superheroes' powers. That's always the worst plot line. I'm not watching this show to see a normal person. Do you understand that? I'm not watching Smallville so I can watch a non-Superman. So every time they would do that in Smallville, every time they do that in X-Men, every time they do that in any superhero series where they take away their powers, I'm like, this is the stupidest plot line of all time. I'm watching this show because these people have powers. Don't you dare take them away. That's what doomed heroes. Heroes was a great show until they started taking away people's powers. Oh, let's have a show about heroes, superheroes, and then take away all their powers, and then it's just a regular show about people. So stupid. Quit doing that, Hollywood. And yet they did it again here with Stranger Things, took away Eleven's powers, as if we care about a teenage girl just growing up. As if we care about that. It just, I hate it. It doesn't do anything for their development. It just, it's so dumb. Stop it. I apologize for that outburst, but it just makes me so mad when they do that in Hollywood. So we'll see what they do with this. Is it is it are she gonna get them right back? I, I don't know. We'll see. I'll tell you what else I'm not liking is that they're kind of splitting all the kids up. I didn't like that. I love the pairing of Dustin with Steve. They're they're awesome as well. They have great chemistry. But I don't like that everybody was split up the entire time. Again, we want all these characters together. That's what makes it great. Uh, so it, it it's just bothering me that they're gonna split them up, and then it seems like they're leading into that where now they have a move away at the end of it. They have Eleven, Joyce, and Will, Jonathan. They all move away. And then they're talking about, oh, we'll get back together around the holidays. Okay, that's great. But I don't want all these people separated. What is going on here? The ending, like as in the the credits, the end credits scene, really cool stuff. Because I think what it means is we're going to go international with this. We're going into the commie territory of Russia. They have this Demogorgon eating people, eating these prisoners. And shortly before they get one of the prisoners, they say, should we get the American? And they're like, no, leave him there. And I, again, believe that that is Hopper. I think somehow, instead of dying, being incinerated, he must have gone through the portal, got lost in the upside down, and then the Russians pulled him out on the other side. That makes the most sense to me. Because the entire time we see him, they call him the American. So I think that line was in there specifically to say, that's him. I don't think it's anybody else. Yes, it could be. But, again, they kept calling him the American 
And at the end, they say, should we get the American? I think that's just a, a, a nudge and a wink towards us, like Hopper's coming back. Again, he's the best part of this show from an acting standpoint, so I think you have to have him back. I'm really intrigued by that. And also, be just because it means they're expanding the world a little bit, we're going to get out of Hawkins, Indiana, and go to Russia and fight the commies on their turf. So that's really cool to me. I'm excited to see where that goes. Last thing that I did not like about the show. This has been, again, the media, a lot of articles I've seen on Yahoo, places like that, where it's like there's this breakout star, and they keep saying that Lucas's little sister is the breakout star. Her name's Erica. I hate all characters like that in TV shows, in movies. That is one of my biggest pet peeves, is when they take these children and they make them say really adult things, And then older adults are like, oh, that's so cute and funny. No eight-year-old talks like that. They're not smart enough. I mean, she is talking about economics with them. About, oh, I have to get paid and blah, blah, blah. It's all designed to be like she's an adult character. But because she's a kid, she's saying it. So it's funny. And they, they think that we're dumb enough to actually eat this up. And it's strange because the media then shovels it down our throat again saying, oh, isn't this the greatest thing ever? I'm like, I hate those characters. All of them. That's what they did with her. And they do it in sitcoms a lot. Sitcoms are notorious for this. Having the the four-year-old say these adult lines as if they, they know what they're talking about. It's a joke. Kids are not that smart. Kids are fantastic and great, but they're not that smart. And so I hate it in shows when they do this. And Stranger Things was so guilty of that this season. And it just was off-putting to me you could have the character of erica just be a normal child she doesn't have to be this snarky i'm smarter than all the adults in the room character she could just be a normal eight-year-old and i don't understand why they keep doing this with kids making them more adult so that's what stranger things season three got wrong now again quickly highlight and recap what they did well never-ending story montage absolutely fantastic Great scene in television history. Hopper was fantastic. CGI was great. Really solid. All the references, all the nostalgia was awesome in this show. Stranger Things is always able to capture the magic of being that age. So being a 12-year-old, they nail everything about that. How those kids talk, what they joke about, what they're scared of. It's just a really solid job of portraying 12-year-olds in that state. They did a great job introducing the Russians, like I said, making them the villains. Really smart choice there. And I'm excited for the expanded universe. So, all in all, like I said, to recap, it's a solid show. You definitely have to be watching it. Definitely. It's Netflix's best property, for sure. So, it's a solid B for me. Horns up, for sure. But it's a solid B. And I think it could be better. And I'm hoping that... The new seasons take it into a different realm and we go deeper into the the unknown as far as the upside down, the Demogorgons, those type of things, I think will be a lot better in seasons to come. So horns up for Stranger Things Season 3. I mentioned at the beginning of the show that political world is ablaze. That's the best word I can say. It is ablaze. There's no forest anymore. It's just on fire. People are screaming, and it's just insane and madness right now. So 
let, let's let's talk about this issue, okay? Obviously, I'm talking about the tweets from Donald Trump that, for some reason, of all the things he has said via Twitter, this tweet, this is like the straw that broke the camel's back. And I'm like, do you, have you read some of his things that he's written in the past? Why aren't there emergency sessions held about that in Congress? Th- this guy has has not been shy in Twitter and has said far worse things. So that type of stuff always fascinates me when as a culture and as a news organization, people latch on to this one little thing and try to blow it out of proportion. That's fascinating to me. I hope it is to you too. Because when you actually read that tweet that started this all off, actually, you know what? Let's do that as a family. Let's read the tweet here. I have it saved. Here's the full tweet, okay? I'm going to read it directly from Twitter. So interesting to see progressive, in quotes, Progressive Democratic Congresswomen who originally came from countries whose governments are a complete and total catastrophe, the worst, most corrupt, and inept anywhere in the world. And then in parentheses he puts, if they even have a functioning government at all, in parentheses, those people, I'm saying that, now loudly and viciously telling the people of the United States, the greatest and most powerful nation on earth, how our government is to be run. Why don't they go back and help fix the totally broken and crime-infested places from which they came. Then come back and show us how it is done. These places need your help badly. You can't leave fast enough. I'm sure that Nancy Pelosi would be very happy to quickly work out free travel arrangements. So that's that's the tweet right there. It's actually three tweets, obviously. There's limits to Twitter. I did not see this tweet originally. I just saw the aftermath. So like the explosion that took place. The, the world is on fire. People are calling for him to be put to death. Those type of things. That That's what I saw. And then I'm like, well, what did he actually say? My goodness. He must have dropped so many curse words. And just, I mean, he called Rosie O'Donnell a fat pig. Do you remember that? He said that about Rosie O'Donnell. Like, to her face, basically. And I'm like, what did he say about these poor women? And then I read that tweet and I'm like, that's basically telling them you don't fit in this company. I've heard this at least a dozen times in the workplace. I've heard this exact same type of conversation. If you don't want to buy into what we're doing, then get out. That's what they say in, in, in corporate America. I literally just heard our president say that last week about people in the company. If they're not buying into what we're trying to do, they need to find other jobs. Get out of here. We don't want them. That's basically what Donald Trump is saying there. I'm rational enough to understand that. Okay, these congresswomen, these four, and he didn't actually mention four here, but later on he did clarify and say, yes, I'm talking about those four women. They're all minority women. Yes, that's the truth. They are minority women. However, they also all completely disagree with him politically. So what he's saying to them is, if you don't like it here, go back to where you're from. Now, people took issue with that, saying that's extremely racist. I don't think that's racist at all, because I think it's ignorant. There's a difference racism and ignorance is totally different those are two totally different words they mean totally different things and one of them is way worse than the other people are ignorant every day he made an ignorant statement he assumed that these people were from different countries now again they they i don't know where they were born all of them they're all u.s u.s citizens clearly i know the one omar is from i think it's some somalia i want to say or ethiopia one of the two I know she's she wasn't born in the U.S., but I'm pretty sure the other three were born in the U.S. Obviously, AOC was born here, but she's of Latino descent. 
So he ignorantly said they should go back. However, if you really think about it, I do think Trump knows that AOC was born in America. I think he's just saying, if you don't like it here, go somewhere else. I think he was ignorant to say the things that he did because they weren't from those countries. Only one of them is born in a different country. Now, I didn't read their speeches. I didn't read what they what triggered this. I don't know. To me, it would make sense if maybe they were saying these other countries are better examples in the U.S. Then he would blow up about that. So I don't know the whole story. I'm just going off of the facts here about that tweet. I'm looking at it going, I don't know why the world is, is blowing up calling this racist. To me, again, it's ignorance. Totally different things. Now, now let me talk a little bit about the racism angle here. I don't think Donald Trump's racist. I really don't. I think he's A, ignorant. I keep saying that, right? He doesn't know the truth a lot of times and he speaks about it. So that's ignorance. It's not racism. Here's why I don't think he's racist, okay? This is hilarious, but this is the number one reason. Kanye West? This is the same Yeezy that on national television during Hurricane Katrina called George Bush a racist. He said, remember famously, George Bush does not like black people. He is not afraid to call anyone a racist, and yet he is friends and respects Donald Trump. Racists would not keep saying that they support black people. They don't do it. There's a, there's a really funny TED Talk that I saw on YouTube. It was of this black guy who wanted to travel the, the strangest parts of America that black people don't really go. So he went to like a really southern place, and he actually went to a KKK rally, like a meeting at this camp. And he, one of the funniest things he said is that one of the guys came up to him while he was at this meeting and he was like, look, man, I just want you to know, we don't hate black people, okay? We just don't want to be around you. And it was so funny because obviously that, that clearly means that you don't like black people. Like in our rational brains, we go, yes, that's racist, you idiot. But to, to this guy, he, he's trying to like make it seem like he's not hating black people. And it was just so funny they told that story. But I say that to say... That's not what Donald Trump is doing. He's actually trying to help black people from what he's saying. Again, he's saying that. Again, is it true? Is that his heart? I don't know. I just look at it and I go, he's actually trying. He's saying he's going to help black people. Unemployment amongst black people is actually going down. So if he hated black people, he's doing a terrible job at hating black people. Because number one, he has two black guys that are pretty prominent in the black community that like him. So he's doing a terrible job there. He's opposed to abortion. I have famously stated numerous times that abortion is one of the most racist things you can support. Abortion kills black babies and it kills minorities, number one. Okay, if a baby's being aborted, it's more than likely a minority. So if you're opposed to abortion, that means you're okay with more minorities walking around. So anybody who is opposed to abortion cannot be for racism. So that, that's why, again, I just don't think he's racist. I don't think this tweet was racist. I have heard this more than a dozen times in corporate America. It's just the, the, to buy into it or get out. It's that logic. And I would say the same thing to these women. If you hate America so much, why are you here? There's other countries. You can go elsewhere. I'm always fascinated by that, where these celebrities, when Donald Trump was like, oh, we're moving. Okay, why didn't you move? Oh, okay, because it's the greatest country in the world? Yes, it is. Uh, so it's just bizarre that these people are calling this racist when I'm like, it's not racist. It It is definitely ignorant. Yes, I will agree with that. It's uninformed, clearly. These people weren't actually born in other countries. 
but he's very clearly, listen to these words, he's very clearly talking about their political stance, right? He's saying, if they even have a functioning government at all, they're now loudly and viciously telling the people of the United States, the greatest and most powerful, powerful nation on earth, how our government is to be run. He has a problem with them based on how they think the government should be run. And he's just saying, go away, basically, if you don't like it. Which is what I would say to people. If you don't like it here, go where you think it's great. Why is this so... I just don't understand this. Why people do it. Uh, you hear this all the time in jobs. People hate their jobs. So I'm like, why are you working there? There's thousands, literally thousands of other place you, places you could work. And you see this in the food service industry. Like McDonald's employees are the worst. Did you not understand when you when you filled out the paperwork for two hours that you would be saying, hi, welcome to McDonald's. What can I get for you? Did you not understand that part of the job functions? And yet these people hate doing that? It's bizarre. If you hate it so much, I don't understand why people don't leave. So here, that's what he was saying. I, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills though because everybody's just like, this is the most racist and offensive thing I've ever heard in my life. And I'm like, you haven't heard a lot of racist and offensive things. If that's racist and offensive. Oh, and another thing that is so fascinating about this is how quickly the media twists it. And if you notice, they always quote it wrong. So anytime you hear about these tweets, it's Trump told these four women to go back to their country where they came from. And that's not actually what he said. That's not technically what he said. He said uh, they need to go and fix the countries from which they came. It's very different here. Okay. Again, listen to this quote. Why don't they go back and help fix the totally broken and crime-infested places from which they came? So that's the full quote. It's not go back to where you came from. It's go back and fix those places. And then he goes on to say, then come back and show us how it's done. It's an argument. He's saying, you're not going to go do that because you don't actually care about these places. And if you could, you would fix them and then come back and tell us how it's done. Right? That's the argument. And he said, go fix those places. But the media and its total circus keeps quoting it wrong. That's always a red flag. That's how you know it's a media ploy. It's when they keep just quoting it wrong and just saying, go back to your own country. That's what Trump said. Not what he said. You have to give the full context there. That's not fair to keep quoting it wrong. I was fascinated with this issue. I was fascinated by how racist people said it was. And I'm like, I don't think that's racist. I think it's just ignorant. It's just give me the counterpoint. Why? Give me a concrete proof as to why he's racist. Because for a racist person, he surrounds himself and says that he is for black people. Okay, don't forget he had Omarosa as one of his people on staff. So again, I don't think David Duke, the leader of the KKK, is hiring black people in cabinet positions. He's ignorant. Yes, he was definitely ignorant in this tweet. 100%. But it's very clearly just a political spat and people are making it way more than it is. I'm intrigued by that. Why all of a sudden this is just the biggest thing ever. A lot of people on my news feed were just talking about how racist this was. And I'm like, what am I missing? I'm not seeing it. And again, this this probably is not their fault. They were probably hearing the media reports about what he was saying. And not actually just really dissecting what he said. Because I kept hearing too that he said, go back to your own country. But he said, go back and fix those countries. And from what you came, which was ignorant, because it's not where they came from, except for one. One did come from these countries. Feel free to comment. Let me know if I'm just absolutely off my rocker here. Let me know why you felt they were racist, if you did. Because I just, I'm not seeing it. I could be wrong. I'm admitting I could be wrong. 
But I'm just saying, I just don't think Trump is racist based on this tweet, certainly. But it just in general, I don't think he's racist. I mean, he's trying to get ASAP Rocky out of jail. You understand that? A racist person wouldn't care about ASAP Rocky, but he's trying to get him out. Now, can he? Is it a political something? Maybe. But again, he's at least trying. Gave some people a few calls. So I just don't think he's racist. I think he is ignorant in a lot of things that he says, absolutely. I just don't think he's racist. Let me know why I'm wrong. Comment, send me a text, whatever, email, whatever. Let me know why I'm wrong if I'm wrong, please. And with that, let's let's bring the show down here, folks. That was a heated political topic. I understand that. But let's uh, let's calm things down and let's move right in to the glorious rant of the week, folks. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. Okay, so this is a quick rant. Uh, let, let me explain the scenario here. I was at this Parade of Homes, it's called, here in Central Ohio. Parade of Homes, for those that don't know, it's something that upper middle class white people enjoy. It's where every year you go to these very nice houses and you go through them. You just tour them and you get ideas for how to decorate your home. And I actually love it. The, the artistic side of me loves it and I just enjoy doing that. I like getting ideas for when we build our house in the future. So I enjoy those things, but it's certainly a white people thing. I get that. Anyways, I'm there. It's 95 degrees out blazing hot i'm there at 1 p.m so it is peak sun in the summer property brothers are going to be there so it's a huge event and it's just packed people everywhere and we're touring the houses and here's where the rant comes in i'm leaving this house there's an 85 year old woman and she is in front of me and she's trying to go down two steps let me repeat that two steps and she's there there are four people, two men, two women, helping her down these two steps. And it took, I'm not exaggerating, it took at least three minutes for her to go down one step. Three minutes, that's a long time, folks, three minutes to go down one step. Because I'm just sitting there and I'm like, the whole time I'm just steaming inside because I'm like, who thought this was a good idea? To bring this 85-year-old woman in the blazing heat to an event where you have to walk up steps constantly. All these houses were three stories. All the houses had multiple steps to get into them. Who thought that was a good idea? And if she struggles that much with one step, what is she going to do with 15 steps in a row? Who thought about this? Number one, the heat alone. You're not bringing 85-year-old women out in that heat. Okay, it's 95. There's no water anywhere. You're just walking around a neighborhood. And shame on those people. Okay, and it was forever to walk through the parking lot. I realize they may have a shuttle. But it's not like you can get in a golf cart and drive around in these places. You had to walk everywhere. And she struggled so much with two steps. I'm sorry. I don't care what Nana wants to do. If she wants to go to this, you say, I'm sorry, Nana. There's steps everywhere. Okay, I age three years when you go down a flight of steps. It takes so long. I'm sorry, Nana, but this is not the place to bring you. You say that as a loving family member. And you say, hey, Nana, this is going to be all walking and going into houses, you know, that have steps. So you're not even going to be able to enjoy 90% of this event. So why don't, we, why don't we go do something else? Why don't we go to Applebee's together as a family where there's no steps and it's, it's air-conditioned, 
and we can enjoy our time together that way. And then I can show you to this thing called Pinterest, where you can look up all these things that you want to see, and they're all on Pinterest. That way you don't have to potentially die of a heat stroke while trying to walk two steps. So I, I was just in fury. I, if you could have seen me, it was I was so mad inside. Not at her, but at the family members for thinking this was a good idea. Those family members are ridiculous. And I am angry at them. Understand that. So that that's the rant of the week, folks. I told you it was quick, but it had me steaming. That's our show. We covered a lot of topics. It's been a long time, America. Two weeks. This stuff has been brewing. I've got far more content here for next week. So I'm excited. Enjoy the summer. Enjoy the cookouts. Go to the pool. Have a blast. And I will see you next week. Peace. Peace.